0: We know FAMU is going to be in the Swag Championship game this year, but they have four potential opponents. And who of the four would I like to see the most? Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HVCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets on any winning Five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started oh now at the time oof, jeez at the time of recording this it's halloween as you can tell by my attire i'm decked out and feeling festive by the time that you hear this it's november 1st now a it's stuffy in there b how ridiculous would i have my post-Halloween show, with that mask on all day. But jeez, I'm still in the spirit. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's why I'm gonna at least have my orange jacket on as we run through a really fun episode. We wrap up with Norfolk State and why they are not one of those teams. Their biggest inefficiency is the fact that they cannot close out games. Before that, one team that, I mean, we don't know if they know how to close out games for the most part because they're never close to anybody. And that's Benedict College. They have clinched their SEAC title berth. But one team that we know has also clinched a conference championship berth is FAMU. Now, once the SWAC championship rolls around it more than likely will be in Tallahassee, but who will they go against? It's four teams, four possibilities. You have Southern, you have Alcorn, you have Prairie View, you have Grambling. Those are the four teams that are going to be in the mix and varying degrees. You look at PV, they already have two losses. Grambling already has two losses. Alcorn and Southern both have one loss, so I can't wait till they show down. But these are the four options overall. And instead of just coming in and saying, I want this team to face off, I'm going to rank them 4-1 to because who doesn't want to build the mystique, right? I think it's important to set this disclaimer out there, to set this little bit of criteria that's very important. This is not me ranking what I believe is going to happen. I'll tell you right now, I have this weird feeling that corn is going to be the team that comes out of the SWAC West and they'll be facing FAMU. This is not about what I think is going to happen. This is not me ranking the contenders by who's the best to who's the worst or who's the worst to best as we go downward. This is me strictly saying, if I had to watch a football game, who would I like to see? What game, what opponent would I like to see? For fam, you in the Swag Championship game. That's what this list is, and we start off with number four. Fam, you versus Prairie View is the game that I want to see the least because I've seen it already, and why would I want to see that again? It wasn't close. It wasn't fun. It. I understand that Southern last year. They struggled against Jackson State. They got shut out in that game in the regular season. And then when the SWAG Championship came around, yeah, it was a closer game. Still wasn't a super close game, but it was a closer game. However, in that second matchup, they had a quarterback change mid-game. I don't want that to happen to Brother Conley. I think Brother Conley is a good quarterback for the Prairie View A&M Panthers. I truly do. And he showed me something when I seen him live. I seen him a couple of other times. And he's made a couple of throws. He always is going to be dangerous with his legs. But I just don't want to watch that again. It was a whooping. All right? So why would I want to see that for a second time? Then you get to number three. And this is the reason that I gave that disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Because it's not about Alcorn not being a good team. I think they're a really talented team. The problem with Alcorn is I think FAMU is better than all of them. <laughs> like, I don't care who the four. I think FAMU is better than all of them. And Alcorn just doesn't have anything to hook me into this game outside of it being the Swag championship. So I put them at number three for lack of a true storyline. You know, Man, I understand that may be shallow, but you have to understand that I'm operating from the thought process that FAMU is better than all of these teams. I truly believe that FAMU is the best team in the conference. And, you know, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. I'm not. But I also don't think that there is a great team in that conference or in that uh in that division. I don't think Southern's great. I don't think Grambling's great. I don't think Allcorn's great. I don't think that Prairie View is great. I think these are solid teams. I think these are good teams. And when you have a good team going against a great team, I'm not doing this whole David and Goliath storyline. For me, if I'm ranking the games that I want to see, you got to have something that's going to pull me in. And Alcorn is just a good squad. And I st- and I think they're going to make it there, but nothing overly interesting. Like, ooh, Alcorn versus FAMU. Now, this was probably my most difficult. Prairie View was my easiest. Them being at four after what just happened, What, four days ago? That wasn't hard at all for me to pick. Now, deciphering or deciding, I should say, between Grambling and Southern was probably the most difficult one. But at number two, I have FAMU versus Grambling. And FAMU versus Grambling would include a monster defense versus an offense that has shown the potential to be a monster offense. They lost some of their explosiveness over the last couple of weeks, admittedly, but they have shown that ability. And I wonder, with all of the chips on the line, with everything here, does, does Grambling pull out some tricks? Does Hugh Jackson get into his bag? Honestly, I like Miles Crawley. I like Miles Crawley enough to say that I would like to see him go against a FAMU defense. He won't have an opportunity to do that in the regular season. And I think FAMU, their defense is extremely athletic at the, at the linebacker position, I would like to see how they match up against those running backs for Grambling. But the main event is always the quarterback when you have a premier quarterback. And that's what I believe that Miles Crowley could be. That's why I believe that Miles Crowley has the potential to make a statement in that game. And if I'm looking for something, that's gripping me. And it was very close. Very, very, very close. Matter of fact, it was so close that Grambling was one at first. But now Southern is at number one. And the reason I have Southern at one FAMU versus Southern is the SWAG championship that I would like to see more than any other game, because that's the game in which FAMU was pushed to their limits the most. When you look at everybody else, it wasn't really close. It wasn't, but when they faced Southern, now it's a different conversation. Now you have two defenses that are high-powered. You have two defenses that can go toe-to-toe and limit each other's offense. You have a Southern defense that genuinely can limit FAMU's offense in a way that puts them close to equal status with Southern's offense. Let me run that back one more time. The reason I'm so excited to see a Southern-FAMU matchup, if that were to happen again in the SWAG Championship game, is because they have two powerful defenses. And Southern's defense is good enough to make FAMU's offense look on par or slightly above the Southern offense. So now we're on an equal playing field. Yeah, FAMU's defense is great, but I've seen Southern struggle with defenses that aren't that right. I've seen this. I've I've seen that before. But FAMU, if they're clicking on all cylinders should torch many people. I think that Southern, if Southern's defense is clicking on all cylinders and FAMU's offense is clicking on all cylinders, it's a toss-up on who's going to steal that. I would give that toss-up to FAMU more times than not, but also I've seen them not click on all cylinders for four quarters more times than not. Nevertheless, this was a very competitive game and one that I would watch again. I would pay my money to see Southern versus FAMU for a second time. So though I don't think that's going to happen, I think we'll actually just dis- we'll see this week if that's going to happen, in my opinion. This is the matchup that I would like to see might not happen. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's what I would like to see now as we move forward. They're not the only team that's clinched their birth fam. You also have Benedict College on the D2 level because they've already clinched the CAC. They already know that's what we, we hear. But who are we going to play? We're not going to rank the opponents. Instead, we're going to look at how they were able to clinch and all of the things that came from them clinching this past weekend. As we continue with Locked On HBCU, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, I've given you chance after chance after chance after chance to take advantage of the great offers. And you know what? If you were too slow to take on it the first 127 times that I said it, now you have to be good at your bets. Because when you put a $5 down or a $5 bet down at FanDuel.com slash on. all you have to do is win now. It was so easy. All you have to do is just place and you get $200 back in bonus bets. You get all of these things, free Sunday ticket. But now you got to be skillful. Now you have to win. And you know what? I believe in you. Do you believe in you? Let's go ahead and test your luck over there at FanDuel. Not even test your luck. Test your knowledge at FanDuel.com slash on. Whether that's with the NBA, the NFL, the MLB. Shout out them Rangers. All right? Whatever you want to put some money down on, all you have to do is go to your computer, go to your phone, and type in FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more because it's just that simple. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more. As you continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And of course, you know, on Fridays, we're going to have our college football kickoff live show in which you'll get the biggest storylines around the college football landscape. And you can be a more informed college football fan by checking this out. And it'll always be housed on the Locked on podcast page and Locked on HBCU YouTube page. Now, as we move forward with the episode, we've already looked at one team that has clinched their berth in their conference championship game, and that was FAMU with the SWAC. We want to see who do we want to see the most against those Rattlers. But now, if you just go over a little bit to the SEAC, you're also looking at Benedict College, who has been the most dominant HBCU team in the nation. Right, let's just be real. They have been the most dominant HBCU D2 NAIA, um, FCS, I don't care if you're talking about Tennessee State, North Carolina Central, uh, FAMU, I don't care. The most dominant team has been Benedict College. So dominant that when we spoke about them about a month ago, I refused to just call them undefeated because I felt that was disrespectful to them. That's how good Benedict College has been, and they are still that good. They are undefeated and dominant. So when you look at them, excuse me, when you look at them, They just knocked off Savannah State to be able to clinch this conference, or excuse me, clinch one half of the conference championship appearance. It's important to remember that they're no longer in a division system. Everybody's lumped together. So you can have somebody else who typically would have been in Benedict's uh, division last year, and they can face off. So that's important to note. This game against Savannah State, it was highlighted by their, their duo at wide receiver. And that's Jalen Jones, and then also Caden High. And Jones had a season high, 104 yards. He had a season high seven catches, and he was just really good. That's his, that's their second leading receiver in the in the uh, on the year. He was the leading receiver in that game, but in the year, he's number two. Only two, Caden High, who also had seven catches, which was his season high and career high because he's a freshman. And he also had 94 yards, which is just short. Of his high in yardage on the season. But overall, you're looking at two receivers with seven catches, both averaging over 12 a pop, right? One at 104. That is 13, 14, 15, 15, almost 15, nearly 15 yards a catch. And then you have high at 94, who's averaging a little bit over 13. So I'm such a nerd because I want y'all to know in my head, I am joyous that I was able to get that relatively effortless. I am such a nerd, but I'm okay with it because who cares? But overall, winning that game, oh, sorry, and for High, he ended up being the newcomer of the week for the SEAC, and this is his freshman year. He's new to it, and he's already the leading receiver on the Benedict College football team, and they're going to be knock on wood because I almost jinxed them, but they are setting up to be champions yet again. They are currently the defending champions. They went undefeated in the regular season last year. They're one game away from going undefeated for another year in the regular season. They're two games away from going into the playoffs with a bye, and that's important. I've always said it. The D2 teams have a much better um, representation in the playoffs. They just listed out the regional rankings and they do the top 10, and there was four teams in the top 10 I believe the only the top 7 are going to make it but I believe it was four teams in the top 10 of that ranking and there were two in the top 7. Fayetteville State was and then Fayetteville State was 7 and then you have Benedict College at 1 within the region. But they're 9 and 0. 7 and 0 in the conference. One game away from being 10 and 0. It's it's a dominant performance and it's one that you know I'm not gonna say it was improbable because I don't think that's the case at all. but I didn't expect them to come back and do it like this again. I didn't expect that, right so but also when I seen the list and I said they clinched this week, I had to go and look like what what else the CAC is doing maybe I I'm you know I thought they would have already clinched at least one half of the birth. No, you got, I uh, almost said, I don't know why I almost said Fisk, but you got Fort Valley State and you have Tuskegee there at 6-1 and one in conference play. And if for some reason, prior to last week, Benedict College would have crashed and burned over the last two weeks of the season. So the game against the State that they ended up winning, they would have lost that game and then lost the upcoming game on some weird stuff, then you would have seen them out of the conference championship game, but that didn't happen. So right now you have Fort Valley and you have Tuskegee at six and one in the conference. They played out of conference in which Tuskegee won that game. Tuskegee hasn't played Fort Valley state Fort Valley. State's only loss in conference is Benedict college. Hopefully I'm weaving a web that is still pretty clear and easy for you to see, but I kind of want to see Tuskegee. I mean, I wish I could see Miles again because Miles was the only close game that Benedict College has played this year, but I think it would take a lot. I don't I don't know the exact tiebreaker scenarios, but right now Miles is at 5 and 2 and then you have Tuskegee and you have Tuskegee and you have Fort Valley State at 6 and 1. Now Miles can take care of business and knock one of them down, but I think it's a uh, I think it's Fort Valley that they haven't faced. Um, But yeah, they can knock one of the, they can knock Fort, da- Fort Valley, excuse me. They can knock Fort Valley down to two losses, but then you would also have to hope that Tuskegee loses or whichever one, if I got it backwards, right? That's a big chance, but it's kind of what I want to see. I know we're not ranking opponents, but I would like to see the one team that challenged Benedict College, either them or Tuskegee, because they haven't played Tuskegee. So I either want to see Tuskegee, a team that is new, to Benedict College, or I want to see Miles, the team that was close, the only team that was close to Benedict College. I didn't seen all I need to see with Fort Valley. It was 48-6. to six. I'm, I'm good on that, right? So as we move forward, we're moving on from defending champions. We're going to go to a team that I think their championship aspirations are kind of finished, but... I've noticed something that is a terrible trend for them, and it's the reason that they're not one of those upper echelon teams, and they're one of the reasons we're not discussing them as being a contender for the MEAC this year. Norfolk State has one fatal flaw that we'll uncover as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, and eBay Motors is an easy way for you to fix your car. If you go to a mechanic, they are going to charge you labor, no matter what, but they will also charge you for parts. And a lot of times, they're going to charge you significantly more than is necessary for those parts. Don't allow them to do that. Bring the parts to them and allow them to charge you for the labor. But bring the parts to them, and where you need to find these parts at is ebaymotors.com. We all know that teams can't run if you don't have all the right pieces in place. Do you think your car is any different? If anything, it's more important that you put everything into your car the right way. Don't have a part that's leaking. Don't have a part, of, oh, I'll take care of that next week. And the next week turns into the next month. The next month turns into the next year. We've all been there. We've all been there. But you don't have to anymore because you have ebaymotors.com, over 120 million parts on there. So go ahead and put your car into the micro Garage section. Pick the part that's uh, that's fitted for you with the 100% guarantee fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Go to eBayMotors.com. That's eBay Motors. Let's ride. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you making this your first listen of the day. Every day and remember or excuse me this ain't the beginning of the show first listen of the day every day make it all the way to segment three and i thank you two times for that there we go you know sometimes we get in the muscle memory but then the muscle memory goes into the curl when we're supposed to be bench pressing we got things to go but we, the show goes on the show goes on every time every now and then i get these little uh, uh, but then you know what I'm, uh, 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 and now we right back where we need to be but that's not where norfolk state is norfolk state is in no way right where they need to be norfolk state is in a place that they don't want to be, which is likely out of MIAC contention with two losses already to open up the season in conference play. And it's because they cannot finish games. If Norfolk State knew how to finish games, we will be talking about them as the surprise team in the MIAC. I said it before. I was trying to see where do they fit. Morgan State had to prove something. Norfolk State had to prove something. Ironically, they faced off against each other and it was this game for me, in which Norfolk proved something to me. They ain't ready. And they're not ready because they don't know how to close out games. I excused it when it was Howard. Because you know what? Not just because it was Howard, but because it was only an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. Like, that's really nothing. That's not a big deal. They opened up the fourth quarter with a five-point lead. So they didn't collapse in that game. It wasn't a choke. It wasn't even really a comeback in my mind. But I can't excuse it any longer because now it's part of a trend. And when I look at what Morgan State did to Norfolk State, In the fourth quarter, Morgan State scored 22 points on the Spartans in the fourth quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, Morgan State hasn't scored 22 points in a game all year. And it's not as if everything fell apart or excuse me, offensively that um, or defensively for Norfolk State. It's not as if that all fell apart. and It's not like Morgan State's offense just came alive and all of a sudden, you just let them go crazy 500 yards in the fourth. That's not what happened. You can't put it on a single unit. You got to put it on every single unit. You know why? Because the defense allowed a Russian touchdown that closed out the game with less than a minute left. You got to look at the offense because they threw up an interception to Eric Hunter, a.k.a. E40. Ugh. You got to make sure that you look at those things because these are all equally important. You got to look at the special teams unit because they allowed a kickoff return for a touchdown. How do you allow every single facet of the opponent's team to score in 15 minutes? How do you do that? How do you allow a kickoff return and an interception return? We know that Morgan State's offense isn't great. If you just if you just remove and I I'll credit Morgan State for I'll credit Morgan State for all of it because I do really love Morgan State's defense, but I'll really credit them. For the kickoff return, but you know, you probably at this point just need to play mistake free football and you allow an interception return in a kickoff return in the fourth quarter. You don't know how to close out. You don't know how to close out because that's the problem. I go back. Norfolk State versus Virginia State to start the year. They were outscored 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter when games come down to that and they got to hold on, they have repeatedly let go. They have repeatedly had poor grip in the fourth quarter, and they've allowed multiple victories to slip out of their hands because of their lack of grip. And, of course, they've had a couple of games where things worked out. They had a couple of games where they tried to fire back. They outscored North Carolina a in the fourth quarter. It just didn't matter. Like, But you're looking at six losses, three of them, you let slip out of your hands in the fourth quarter because you don't know how to close out. And that's what separates the have from the have nots. That's what separates the upper echelons from the guys who are looking up. And right now, I wanted to know where is Norfolk State? And they were right there with Howard. It was kind of a good sign. You're right there bumping next to some of the better teams. And of course, you know, it's important to remember that teams aren't just black and white. It isn't just success versus failure. Like, like that's not the way to evaluate squads. So saying that they were right there next to Howard it does give partially or it does partially set the scene for how you should talk about Norfolk state. But until they learn to close out, they would never be mentioned next to the Howards. They would never be mentioned next to the North Carolina centrals. Right now you say Howard, you put a period and then you start talking about Norfolk state until they learn to close out games. And once they learn how to do that, because they seem to have talent to get up on people, even talented teams, like Howard. And once they learn to close out, then maybe you say, Howard, you put a comma and then you get to Norfolk State. But until then, I'm gonna state North Carolina Central. I'm going to say Howard. I'm going to put a period and then I can start talking about everybody else. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sincerely for making this your first listen of the day every day, because I was going to go on a miniature rant. And I think that, that was probably ranty enough. I think that was probably ranty enough for me to close out and tell you how much I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day on tomorrow's episode. We'll have our extra games to watch. And I think we're probably going to assign at least two segments to a game Alabama state versus Grambling will get one. There's one more I can't think of right now. Oh, probably family versus Alabama and They might get one as well. So we'll see these things, but Until then, until tomorrow, until the next time we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Hold on. (laughs) I'm still in a festive mood. Ah, Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.